You know the drill. You're making out. You start feeling your way downtown. One of you wants to make a move to Cunnilingusville, but you don't have protection. Dental dams are hard to use, hard to come by, and condoms taste like, well, condoms. Hundreds of millions of people worldwide have STIs that can be transmitted via oral sex. So let me introduce you to Laurels, a first-of-its-kind product that provides protection, sexy style, and comfort. And it tastes like vanilla. Laurels for protection are FDA-approved for STI protection during oral-based activities. And Laurels for pleasure are the perfect cross between sexy lingerie and kinky toys. These thin and incredibly stretchy, single-use, silky latex undies are worn during fingering, rimming, oral sex, tribbing, and more. Head over to mylaurels.com to get your four-pack today. Be sure to use my code for a discount at checkout. What's Your Position Podcast. All one word. And remember, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy with laurels. What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Live from WYP Studios in Huntington Beach, California, this is What's Your Position. On today's show, we talk with relationship and intimacy coach, Brianna Carey. I'm pregnant. Pregnant with emotion? I'm pregnant with a baby. And now your host, Ashley Weller. Welcome, fellow humans, to another episode of What's Your Position podcast. Is that from Knocked Up? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, I didn't play. Give me my, give me my horn. <laughs> <laughs> with emotion? No, I'm pregnant with the baby. And then the next one, I wasn't gonna do it. He's like, she's like, I'm pregnant. He pregnant. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Today on What's Your Position, we have Brianna, uh, who has been in the sexual health field for over 14 years and is currently a relationship and intimacy coach. And after the birth of her son in 2015, um, she experienced persistent pain in her vulva, and it affected how she was able to be intimate with her husband after the birth of her child. And she was really frustrated because her OBGYN, as so many do, I actually have a a stat about this, oddly enough. Uh, Her OBGYN said, just relax, have a glass of wine and use more lube. And I'm sorry. That goes for everybody. That's not funny, but that's like, was that his actual medical advice? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm just not shocked. Actually, shocked, not shocked. Uh, so she wanted to research more about how this pain was affecting her and how to reconnect with herself, her husband, and both both of their pleasure, uh, really. And then she heard similar stories from people. And this is something that I find super fascinating because I don't necessarily feel like we hear a lot of these stories from women who experience this vulvular or uh, intimate pain after childbirth. And where where were you hearing these stories? Who were you talking to where you were where you were being able to share this same sort of pain with with other women? 
Yeah. So for the 14 years, I was in a direct sales company. Um, and so I was doing in-home parties. And so it was an intimacy company. And so Wait, I literally... What kind of party? What kind of parties? Yeah. What it kind? Was, it was at Pure Romance. So adult Sex toys, toy parties? It. Sex toy parties. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And so it was literally like... <laughs> You don't know this yet, but you might be my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love so you're in these in. intimacy parties. Okay, that makes yeah. a little more sense to me. You're already mm-hmm. in a space where sex and intimacy and romance and sexual pleasure is already on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Literally on the table. Dildos are right. on the coffee table. Right like there. Sex yeah. is right there. Yeah, yeah. okay. And then <laughs> it's in there in, in lots of places. And so you're talking to these women and finding out that other women who have gone through childbirth have experienced this pain and relaxing lube and wine just weren't cutting it doing it no shocker I know (laughs) you know interestingly enough like I said I do have a statistic about this so 29 percent there was a study that was done in 2019 by Science Direct 20 this is not the stat of the day this is just happens to be a random I, I know was he was ready he's ready with the button I heard a stat I was like, let's do ready. it you let me <laughs> ready to go it, don't do it do it don't you do it 29% said <laughs> don't you do it 29% of women when pregnant discussed sexual activity with their doctor only 29% and 49% of those women brought it up themselves so 50% of women are bringing up sexual intimacy with their OBGYN a specialist of the vulva Someone who should have knowledge about vulvular pain and sexual intimacy. And 50% of these women had to be the one to bring this up. 76% who were surveyed in this study said they had not discussed these issues with their doctor and felt that they should have been discussed at some point. Are you hearing the same kind of statistics in your line of work? Yeah, 100%. So that's what I found a lot of times. And a lot of times the women weren't necessarily directly postpartum. Sometimes these women had adult children, adult, you know, they, they're, it's 20 years after they had kids and they're still experiencing pain and they don't talk to their doctors about it. They would tell me things that they would not even feel comfortable talking to their doctors about. And that is concerning. That's that's heartbreaking. Like a medical professional who's supposed to be able to guide you through this entire pro that's their whole you have one job you have one job yeah i i'm lost at this okay so brianna please tell me what is a relationship and intimacy coach and how did you get your husband to agree to do this job with you because that sounds like (laughs) literally the best life ever you get to talk to people about sex with your partner like yeah blow my mind why don't you Yeah, so I I lean into being more of a relationship and intimacy coach to help support individuals and the partnership as a whole in all aspects of intimacy, not just sex. It's about the emotional connection. It's about how you can be physical without sex and how can you stay connected. And again, supporting the relationship um, through various stages that we all go through, you know, 
the sex that you have and the connection you have when you first start dating is not what happens after 10 years, not what it is after having a baby, you know? Mm -hmm. And so these, Going through menopause. mm -hmm, Exactly. Going through pain, like health. Anyone who has health health issues, issues, if they get, you know, into an accident, heaven forbid, or if they, you know, get older and have to start taking medication that affects their libido. So much. Uh, Oh my gosh. A lot of, um, yeah. And, and yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you know, a lot like there's of so, anxiety, there's depression, so, meds, yes. all that effect. There is so much that goes on on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. that affects our sex drive. It, mm-hmm. it isn't just age. It isn't just childbirth. It isn't just medication. Life. It could be, <laughs> it could be allergies. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Living in Southern California when the Santa Ana winds blow, stay away from me. Like, I'm upset. I feel like I live in a blow dryer and no, I don't want to have sex with you. Like, yeah. But then the next day it's cold and I'm like, come and cuddle my vagina. My vagina. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. How did you get into a sex toy party uh, industry? That's incredible. Yeah. So I was actually in college when I went to my first party. Uh, it was unknowingly. I thought it was just girls' night and wine. I know. I was like, show up and like some my friends that I grew up with, our moms are there, we're all hanging out. And then all of a sudden this woman starts Your pulling. Moms oh, were there? Yeah. They, so they planned the whole thing. This oh woman Lord. starts pulling things out of her Mary Poppins bag. And I'm like, Mom, what kind of party is this? What is happening right now? You know, I'm 21. And I'm like, okay, is this even legal? What's going on? But <laughs> I learned so much about sex relationships and, and being in college, I was an education major in a new relationship myself. I realized the importance of what she was sharing and Mm -hmm. bringing that to the college community, helping women my age to be comfortable and confident in communicating their wants and desires. And so that's where it began. You should put that on a shirt. Oh, thank you. I don't know what I just said, but it just kind of comes through me sometimes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so that's where it kind of began. And then um, the the new relationship I was in is my now husband, and he is a licensed professional counselor. Mm. And so it was kind of an easy transition to get him into coaching with me. Yeah. Um, And he gets to bring the therapy aspect I get to bring the sex education aspect and so it's just a beautiful blend of the two to support plus I think it's um, comforting when we are working with couples Uh, the male partner has someone that understands them and their perspective too so yeah and they feel probably more (laughs) supported and not in any way that a a female therapist can't support a male client and vice versa there are plenty of male therapists who can support and sometimes the comfortability Mm -hmm. sometimes there's trauma with uh, with female on female you know dynamic and so a female may feel more comfortable with a male therapist and vice versa um but i but it also helps that you are a couple and that you have gone through struggles. And I feel like as someone who's in a coupledom, I feel I would feel better if my therapist was married. And I know that I don't want to like I sometimes say to my classes when I talk about the gynecologist, I teach I teach college and a lot of these girls have not yet gone to the gynecologist. Uh, Mm. Mm. That 
is another episode in and of itself. For sure. (laughs) When I talk to them, I'm always like, I actually prefer a female gynecologist Mm -hmm. simply because they have the same equipment. They have a vulva, they've got labia, they know not to stick their fingers too far in when they're palpitating my fallopian tube, they know to use extra amount of lube. Um, But I just recently had to go to a male gynecologist because it was the only one available Mm. for me to put my IUD in. I have a whole episode on this IUD insertion. And he was the best gynecologist I've ever had. And it completely flipped my script on the judgment I had based on like a male gynecologist versus a female gynecologist. It was crazy. Um, But I do understand what you're saying about being able to relate Mm. to the couples that you meet and to the people that you see. Now, are you... Do you typically tell people you focus mainly on the aspects of pregnancy and postpartum um, intimacy, or do you focus on everything? We do everything. So we do have a focus on pregnancy and postpartum because that's where I found that there is literally no support. Mm. You know, there's so much out there about, um, you know, pregnant, what you're going to go through the body, having, you know, birth and then taking care of a baby. But there's nothing in there about how to foster your relationship with your partner and how your partner, like your relationship literally changes after having a baby. What can the male partner in that expect, right? Mm -hmm. As far as like the recovery period and how can they support you? Because a lot of times we find that dads go through a postpartum depression themselves because they feel so disconnected. They don't have a quote unquote purpose, right? Right. There's just so much. And so just providing resources and support during that. But we do absolutely help couples outside of that as well. Yeah. I'd like to get into (laughs) my stat of the day. Yes. He's on point. It's my stat of the day. Ready to go. Johnny on the spot. It's my stat of the day. So while looking up statistics about sex and pregnancy, I noticed a lot of discussion surrounding libido Mm. and pregnancy and that pregnant women actually get a surge of libido when they're pregnant during Mm. the second trimester is what I read a lot about was the second trimester is when they feel the best, the sexiest. Um, That's the morning sickness typically has abated. Um, They haven't gained all the weight. So their ankles aren't quite as large as they're going to eventually be. They don't have as much back pain. And the second trimester is really that golden time for them physically, sexually, and body wise. Some women feel a dip in their libido during pregnancy. But according to one study, what percentage of women admitted to having the highest level of sexual desire than ever before? So the guest has to guess first. What percentage Mm. of women admitted to having the highest levels of libido they have ever had during pregnancy? 57%. 57%. Guest says 57%. You know what's coming. I do know what's coming, LOL. 69%. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So guest says 57% and Robert Main, producer extraordinaire, says 69%, which is his go-to number. Uh, So we will come back at the end of the episode with the answer to that. Guests, our audience, 
think of your answers, if you will, what percentage of women reported to having the highest levels of libido in their whole life during pregnancy. So why do you think the libido increases during that second trimester? And not just like, oh, the morning sickness is gone. I finally feel my libido coming back. But mm-hmm. so many women report massive increases like and better orgasms during mm-hmm. pregnancy. What do you think is going on physically or psychologically? Is it that the clitoris is swollen? Is it that the, the inside of the clitoris is, sw- is that the vaginal canals are more sensitive? What do you think is happening physically and mentally that's causing this increase in libido and increase in orgasmic ability and, mm-hmm. and sensation? Mm. Such a great question. Um, yeah, <laughs> during that second trimester, the hormone levels tend to level out a little bit more mm-hmm. than you know when you're the first trimester. There, there's just a spike in everything, and that's why there's that kind of you know nausea that can linger not just during the morning but all day long, <laughs> and so um, just the fluctuations. And so it starts to level out a little bit. You start to get a little bit more comfortable. Um, there's definitely, um, blood flow, some engorgement that does happen, but it's not completely like, it's not paired with the intense pressure during the third trimester where you have all of the weight sitting on your bladder and you Mm -hmm. can't hardly move. And (laughs) so there is just, um, yeah, uh, an ease about the second trimester in a typical, typical pregnancy. Yeah. So again, and what we're talking about today is all typical, normal, mm. quote unquote, pregnancies. Um, there's caveats to every pregnancy. If you have, um, you know, a propensity for preeclampsia, if you mm. have a uh, a doctor telling you... Preeclampsia is like, it's helped me. I can't explain it the best. Yeah, preeclampsia is usually high blood pressure. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it can cause a lot of swell- swelling and, and various things. Um, typically towards the third trimester. It can cause an increase in the heart rate of the baby Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. can cause difficulty and it can cause blood clots. It can cause um, preterm birth. Mm -hmm. So preeclampsia is very dangerous for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. Um, Sounds like a metal band. (laughs) All these medical terms. It could be metal bands. Pre-eclampsia. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're also told by a doctor that you should stay on bed rest, uh, you have a um, a difficult pregnancy. You know, all of these things need to be taken into consideration mm, when pre-via. we talk about intimacy during pregnancy. But when we talk about this intimate, the intimate acts during pregnancy and sex during pregnancy, we we are typically we are talking about a normal, typical pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But sex is a healthy activity that can and should be enjoyed by most people throughout pregnancy. Um, Not only is it beneficial for the relationship, not only is it beneficial for the pregnant woman to experience intimacy and orgasm, but I have read, and damn it if I didn't do so much searching to find it, I have read somewhere the more orgasms a pregnant person has the happier the baby is long long term. There was a study, I can't find it to save my fucking life and I'm pissed. <laughs> there was a study that was done, a long-term study. They, they followed children for like 15 years and the women who had more orgasms while they were pregnant tended to have happier children throughout that child's life. Fascinating. And I, I believe it. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. My mom did not masturbate enough while she was pregnant. <laughs> 
apparently mine did. So I, mean, I, I happen to be a really happy human being. So no it's, offense, mom. I'm sure you did. Because <laughs> not everyone who's pregnant has a partner. So mm-hmm. not everyone who's pregnant is going to oh, be yeah. able. Her partner is my dad. I totally get it. So yeah. she doesn't have a, she didn't yeah. have a partner. Yeah. Not everyone who's pregnant is going to have a partner who's A, into pregnant women, B, around enough, or C, exist who exists. And so self-pleasure is also something that is important for pregnant women as well. Masturbation as well. You can have an orgasm by yourself, but it's not uh, but sex during pregnancy is very important. Intimacy during pregnant is extremely important. Um, it cultivates intimacy. Um, you can discover things about yourself that you've never known before. You can learn new sex positions, which when we come back from break is going to be part of my tip of the day. Uh, you can have better sex during pregnancy, better sex feeling better in your body. A lot of pregnant women just feel more comfortable in a pregnant body. My friend Jessica came on an episode and she said she never felt sexier. Do you hear that a lot? Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think there's both and it kind of just depends on maybe what support or messages they've received and Mm. their family dynamic, social, their partner, things like that. But yeah. Oh my gosh. And I resonate so much. I loved being pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. How many children do you have? Uh, we have two. So we have a, a seven-year-old and then a three-year-old. And, and your pregnancies were typically Completely different. Nope. Oh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, nope. yeah, my Not son even a little bit. in 2015, typical pregnancy is great. I even went, we went to Europe when I was six months pregnant and trotted awesome. all over. Um, it was great, I, uh, except I couldn't drink the wine, which was unfortunate. They encouraged it, but I was like, oh, I'm okay. Um, or the cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But it was, yeah, great. Um, besides, wait, wait, uh, you, can't drink, you can't eat cheese when you're pregnant either? I know um, booze is a thing. It, it, so, cheeses, certain cheeses aren't meat. pasteurized. Right. Especially over there. Especially in France, right. where the good fucking cheese is. And then deli meat. There are some deli meats. Boar, unofficial sponsor, Boar's Head. You can actually eat Boar's Head because it's like you have to eat it within two days of slicing it because it's mm. super all natural. But hard cheeses are fine, like Parmesan. Go figure. You ladies have it tough. It's rough, right? You can't have sushi when you're pregnant. No, I know. Just get that giant book of things you can't do from the movie Knocked Up. Yeah, what else else can't you do? Yeah, what else can't you? What else can't you do? Jump on a trampoline. You know, can't don't can't get in a jacuzzi. Right. (laughs) Can't take a bath unless it's lukewarm Mm -hmm. because you're gonna cook the baby and get a little scrambled egg. You're not supposed to do that. Um, I actually read something uh, doing research for this podcast. I know this is absolutely fucking false um, for majority of people. I read, <laughs> I don't even know if I can say it without laughing. I'm going to try to be serious. Anal sex can kill the fetus. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> you just turned it into a Republican? I also, just, I also read... Oral sex can kill a fetus. And I was like, wait, who's writing this shit? Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. No pleasure. No Uh, pleasure for you. No pleasure for you. No pleasure for that hole. No pleasure for that hole. No one gets pleasure. Nobody. I don't know why they said that, um, that anal sex could rupture the placenta. And I was like, nope, they're not really close to one another. So I don't. 
really understand how that's working out. And they said that if you blow into a vagina, you can kill a fetus. And I have two questions. First of all, who the fuck is blowing into vaginas? Stop it. Stop don't do that. that. <laughs> don't do that. I don't care if you're pregnant or not pregnant. No. Don't blow in my vagina. No. That's disgusting. No air needs to be in there. Mm-mm. And number two, it's not how a balloon. Does, how it's not a balloon. Thank you, yeah, Robert. You're welcome. It's not. It's not. Come on. And why on, would guys. blowing into a vagina kill a fetus? Carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of a joke, but kind of serious. I mean, you breathe out carbon monoxide. There's a tiny space. It in there. actually says that if there's a blood clot mm. near the placenta, blowing into the vagina can push the blood clot up into the brain. Huh. All right. Whether if that's true or not, just don't blow. Just don't blow in the just, vagina. Just, but like, yeah, also, just, yeah. why are we perpetuating these horrific? What are some other myths that you have heard about sex and pregnancy? Because a oh lot of women, forty-six percent of women, think you're not supposed to have sex during pregnancy. Which is a? I looked this statistic up on four different websites and took the average of the three. Forty-six percent of women think you are not supposed to have sex during pregnancy because it could harm the baby or cause preterm labor. And if the women are thinking this, mm. their partners have probably also got to be thinking this. I mean, they're the ones in charge of that pregnant body. Have you heard any other crazy sex-pregnant myths? You know, if you have sex, you can, you know, poke the baby in the head. Just those typical, you know what I mean? Like the, the fear How that guys have, right? Like they think, I'm like, okay, there's like some barriers there. But um, yeah. yeah, I there's babies just- can babies can feel the semen. I've heard that uh, <laughs> semen can can uh, cause a baby to get sick. Um, I have heard a pretty cool rumor that I think is probably true. Thinking about it, but a baby can feel the contractions of an orgasm and that it actually causes uh, stimulation for them to move and get healthier Mm -hmm. and the release of the oxytocin, the release of the dopamine and the release of the serotonin that comes with any orgasm Mm -hmm. actually gets transferred through the blood blood barrier in the placenta to the baby. And the baby gets all of these great happy chemicals and those contractions actually are like a little massage for the baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 more in line with like the good positive stuff that you want to hear about. So and yeah. yeah, totally true. And that's also why you have to be a little bit more mindful getting further into the third trimester. Um, you know, at the beginning, you don't want to have like, I don't know, there's just some things stimulating too many orgasms can cause preterm labor just depending on mm-hmm. where you're at. So but of course, once you're there and you're like, due date, let's get this baby out. So. I've actually heard people who have, ha- they're like nine months, nine, like almost 10, like mm. this baby needs to come out. So I need to come like someone rub this because I got to get, yeah. I can't reach it. I can't see it. Get over here and do things. <laughs> but if you have an orgasm, it can actually induce labor, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. Because the contractions are like it's happening starting. right there. Yep, and then it starting starts it. that natural. It's almost like jump starting. Like a lawnmower. <laughs> jump starting a car. Yeah. All right. On that note, we're going to take a break. <laughs> on that note, we are going to take a break. Oh, we're holding. We're holding. Well, 
when we return uh, from... Okay, but when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about sex positions. So, Brianna, I want you to prepare for that. Um, For anyone who is interested in engaging in super safe sex while they're pregnant or otherwise, check out Laurels at mylaurels.com. They have uh, the very first first of its kind, STD, FDA approved STD protection underwear. Brianna, have you heard of this? I have not. Oh my God, I'm so excited to tell you about this. So it is latex underwear that is FDA approved to prevent STIs during oral sex, um, analingus, uh, and vaginal to vaginal, like tribbing sex. Mm -hmm. Um, It it is latex, so it's made of the same stuff that condoms are made of, but it tastes like vanilla because nobody likes the taste of condoms, let's be real. And it is completely sexy. You can use it for impact play. You can use it for bondage play um, because it is made of latex. It's mm-hmm. very sexy and silky. Uh, but during oral sex, during anal sex, uh, not anal sex, oral sex, analingus, and um, tribbing, it can actually help prevent STIs. And if you use my code, what's your position podcast, all one word, you get 15% off your order and they come in four packs and they come in sizes zero to 46. Like they are running the gamut on every single body, everybody. So mm-hmm. check it out. Um, Brianna, check it out for your well, uh, sex toys. Yeah. I know I'm so excited that I got to teach you that. Yay. Uh, when we come back from break, we are going to talk about sex positions that you should try while you are pregnant. And we are also going to have Brianna tell us a little bit about some clients that she has helped um, get back into the swing of things after pregnancy, um, some possible uh, complications that arise um, postpartum uh, that might make it difficult for people to experience intimacy. Uh, join us. We'll be back soon. humans we are here with brianna carey relationship and intimacy coach extraordinaire and we are talking about pregnancy sex intimacy and how to get back to your post or pre-pregnancy sexual self postpartum wow that's a fun time i think i might make that a title (laughs) getting back to your pre-pregnancy self postpartum i'm gonna work on it couple of reasons why we should be having sex during pregnancy. Sex improves your mental health. Here at What's Your Position, <laughs> this is probably our motto, uh, sex improves your mental health. It makes you a happier person. Uh, the more orgasms you have, the more oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine you release into your body. 
It can also improve your sleep. And we know that pregnant women need a lot of sleep to help grow that tiny human that's happening in there. Sex actually boosts your immune system and actually helps your overall health. It's exercise. It's good for you. Sex also can make recovery after delivery easier and can actually make delivery easier. Sex during pregnancy can help induce labor, which we just talked about a second ago. There's one other thing I wanted to ask you about, and I'm not 100% sure if you've heard of this. Have you ever heard of orgasmic delivery? Hmm. Music cut out right there. Dramatic pause. (laughs) (laughs) It's called producing. No, yes and no. Like it sounds familiar, but no. So apparently there is a tantric sex class that pregnant women can take that teaches them how to be more orgasmic during their pregnancy. And they can actually train their bodies to have an orgasm during labor and delivery by either manual stimulation or stimulation from their partner Mm -hmm. and they can have extremely pleasurable orgasms while they're giving birth which can make the process of giving birth less painful Mm -hmm. first of all Mm -hmm. and also create a more uh, welcoming and like warm friendly environment for the child what is your stance on this i it kind of sounds a bit woo woo it's a bit woo woo for me yeah for sure i don't i don't have kids i'm not i would i'm never going to um as someone who has had two yeah what are the chances of having an orgasm while you're pushing something the size of a watermelon out of the thing the size of a lemon like what are the chances of that yeah um i'm not sure i'm very intrigued (laughs) And and plan to look into this more. Um, Tantra is 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 just great all around. And so, oh yeah, I think it just really comes down to the mental preparedness and Mm -hmm. being in your body is what the focus really is. And just mindfulness, being present. Yeah. Yes, and and I think that in general, helps with delivery, whether you're having an orgasm or not while you deliver. It does help ease the process. I did have both of my kiddos um, naturally, vaginally, no epidural or anything. Um, and wow. so it- Intentionally or, intentionally. or did they just, mm-hmm. you, yeah, good yeah, for you. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. And and I'm not saying that to say if you had an epidural, like, like everybody no. has their own path, but that was something that I mm. really wanted. Um, the body- A is lot incredible. of women I know- yeah, a lot of women I know want that path and they yeah. get to a certain point in the labor that just it becomes mm-hmm. unbearable. Mm-hmm. And for some women, it's the size of their pelvis. For some women, it's the size of their hips, mm-hmm. the shape and size of the baby. My sister is 5'2". Um, her husband is 6'6". Six, six, oh, boy. <laughs> and their two-year-old wears a size 4T. So she wasn't doing a natural birth ever. No, there was never an opportunity for her to even have that option. They were like, sorry, she'll, she'll rip you wide open. You're having a C-section. Yeah. Yeah. 
deal with yeah. that. My sister-in-law had an epidural with my first nephew, but my second nephew, she kind of like ignored the contractions mm. and was sort of like, I think they're Braxton Hicks. I don't really think it's time. And then all of a sudden she's like, his head is coming and my brother had to go 90 down the freeway and she gave birth in the hallway of the hospital and the nurse caught my nephew so she didn't have time for an epidural so it it wasn't necessarily her choice it just was like here I am yeah (laughs) so I'm glad that you got that experience and the pain level what Mm -hmm. would you say that pain level is equivalent is there anything that you can equate it to no I mean (laughs) And it's just, I don't know, looking back, you kind of, you, you know, your body tricks you. Like you have this beautiful memory to look back on. You're like, I had a baby out of this. It was great. And then you do it again. And in the moment, you're like, okay, this is tough. But then you, <laughs> you know, get years down the road. And so with my son, like I walked in, I was nine centimeters dilated. They're like, we're having a baby. Let's go. Like walked me down to the room and it was pretty easy with him. Um, it's just... I guess just because I mentally prepared a lot Mm. to have that experience. Um, I went somewhere with that. I totally blanked on what you just asked. No, Um. I just, I just said you had, you had your children naturally. Was the pain for either of them, like something that was unbearable for you? Did you ever get to a point where you were like, I'm going to vomit? Yeah. With my daughter. Pass out. So with my daughter, she's been, lover. She's a Gemini. She has been dramatic from the womb. Um, literally since seven weeks on, it's been something with her. And, um, I was in the hospital with two for two weeks with placenta previa, which means the placenta was covering my cervix. Yeah. And so I was having a lot of bleeding. Um, I had to be in the hospital, which again, bed rest for the last two months of my pregnancy. And that sucks. Yeah. Thankfully it resolved. I was able to have birth naturally. She Mm. did. Um, when I went into labor, my water broke. Um, I also had a bunch of blood clots that were coming out. So I had to get oh, in. Fuck. Yeah. So it sounds like very dramatic and like, but I, I that's just scary calm. because yeah. blood clots can really cause some serious issues mm-hmm. while you're giving birth. Mm-hmm. And when you, when that, uh, the afterbirth comes through, if any of those blood clots are behind it, yeah. uh, women can go into shock. They yeah. can actually lose so much blood that they bleed out bleed out yeah. on, like after giving birth. And so that's a very scary thing. Yeah. And the doctor on call was not super helpful when we walked in, but they were like, okay, we're going to give you some Pitocin. Oh, he came in. He was like, okay, so you had some big blood clots. Uh, you're probably not making it through the next couple hours. We're probably doing a C-section just so you know, like was just very, I'm like, can you just, Whoa, I'm literally trying to put my gown on. Can you like, Who chill are out? You? like it was just very, abrasive and unnecessary. Where was your doctor? Where um, was your doctor? So it was like at 4.30 in the morning. And so she wasn't there yet. Yeah. And um, and it was a Sunday. So I, my doctor didn't even deliver her. Um, and so, yeah, with her, they started me on Pitocin, which I am not a fan of. And that yeah. made it more painful. And I'm very sensitive to medications anyway. So that's another reason why I didn't want to do epidurals. Um I've heard a lot of horror stories with that, you know, being put in the wrong way, being stuck mm-hmm. too many times. I don't like needles. So just all it's the actually things. Actually, a lot of <laughs> a lot of research that says that babies who were born to women who had epidurals can actually have this is a really weird statistic and I'd like to do some more background research before I stick to it. But um 
babies born to women who have epidurals that are not done correctly mm-hmm. can have more learning disabilities than uh, babies who are born to women who give birth naturally without epidurals mm-hmm. or who give birth with an epidural that's done correctly. Um, my mother had two epidurals and I was born, not, I, was not, I wasn't born this early because of the epidurals, but I was eight weeks early. And she was 18. So mm-hmm. um, preterm birth is very common for people under the age of 21 because your body's just not capable of delivering a yeah. child because you're still a child. Right. Um, and I was born very, very, I was supposed to be born in May and I was born April 6th. And I was in an incubator for the first three days of my life because the doctor gave my mom too much of the epidural and I wasn't breathing when I came out. And I've had lung issues for my entire life um, and dyslexia, which mm. who knows? Who knows if that's actually from the epidural or not, but I'm sitting here. Well, your as, dad has it too. My dad has so dyslexia too, so it could genetic. actually be a genetic thing. Yeah. Who knows? Probably didn't help though. Probably, probably didn't help the fact that I have <laughs> dyslexia. But, yeah. but I mean, yeah, I can understand your fear as far as getting an epidural, especially if you are super sensitive to medications. Mm-hmm. And I've heard same horror stories of Pitocin that, you know, it's, can I just have one and then be done with it? Like, I just don't want too much of that in my body. And that's what, yeah, they kept cranking it up. So with her, it was um, more painful because my body wasn't progressing naturally. And then she mm-hmm. did get stuck. Both kids got stuck. Oh. So, <laughs> and yeah, so it was, yeah. God. Well, we're going to talk about my tip of the day um, because I feel like you are an expert in this area. So for... My tip. Yeah, we talk a lot about that voice, but those drums are really good. The drums are great. Pretty good. It's a really good song. It's fucking phenomenal. It's my favorite song that we have on this entire podcast. Um, Sex doesn't have to end because you're pregnant. And a lot of pregnant women just don't know how to have sex when they're pregnant. Mm. A lot of people think missionary is the only position that exists in sex. Sadly, that's a lot of the country here for you. Um, Because of Puritan beliefs, because of religious beliefs, because they didn't get sex education in school. I have an entire episode on that. If you'd like to go and check that out, we can talk about sex education in this country. It's pretty fucking shitty. Um, But it's difficult for people to obviously talk to their doctor about sex positions. And not everyone has a Brianna to come to their house and show them sex toys and talk about sex positions. And not everyone has an Ashley who has a podcast that they can listen to or even know about. So for my tip of the day, I would like to talk about some really great sex positions for pregnant people. Mm. Would you please chime in with your thoughts? Ah. Cowgirl. So girl on top. Yeah. This is one of the most preferred (laughs) positions by pregnant people because it allows for the sexual satisfaction uh, of both partners. It allows for clitoral stimulation. Um, It allows uh, the pregnant person to be in control of the sexual movement. um, And it allows for them to also... control the friction, Mm -hmm. um, the pressure, Mm -hmm. um, and how deep the penis is going inside the vaginal canal. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think it's a great position. I um, know typically towards the third trimester, a lot of women steer away from that because they are feeling larger. They, Mm. it's a little bit harder to, you know, 
move yourself in certain ways, you know, your thighs are burning after a while. (laughs) So I know that typically they kind of um, just, it it gets a little more difficult in that Mm -hmm. point, but second trimester, like, heck yeah, go for it. Right away. Uh, Doggy style, a favorite Mm -hmm. position for actually the majority of people, doggy style is their preferred position, pregnant or not. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great rear entry position that helps keeping the pressure off of that belly. Mm -hmm. A partner can enter from behind and stimulate the clitoris, um, which most women need clitoral stimulation to achieve orgasm, pregnant Mm -hmm. or not. Um, This also allows the belly to be free and it's more comfortable to hold your weight on all four arms and legs. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, that's a great one. And also um, pillows underneath Mm. the the hips can help to alleviate some pressure and things like that. So definitely love that one. Um, You know, again, just to communicating with a partner about the depth. So there's not Mm. any like cervical pain. Undue cervical pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cunnilingus. Mm Sitting on a bed, laying on a bed with pillows underneath the rump, mm-hmm. which is helpful in elevating that clitoris uh, and helpful for taking that pressure off the lower back, which a lot of women have lower back pain. This sexual uh, position is great in the third trimester. Mm. Um, Having oral sex performed on you during the third trimester is going to be A, the easiest, because you don't have to do anything, and B, the most satisfying, because there's no penetration of an object, so you feel a little less concerned about uh, any sort of, uh, uh, like what you had, um, that... Pain. No, the... the, Where the... There you go, placenta previa. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is um, using a vibrator as well on the clitoris is a great, great alternative um, in the third trimester. Yes? All of that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Reverse cowgirl. This, I feel like, is something that can be probably done more likely in the first trimester Mm -hmm. where the woman's on top and facing away. Um, It does take a lot more thigh and leg strength. um, And the larger you are, probably the more difficult this position is going Mm -hmm. to be. Um, But it does help with the entry of the penis into the vaginal canal because when you're coming from behind, you're less likely to hit the cervix. Um, mutual masturbation. This is a great one if you are concerned with any sort of penetration, but you're also concerned that oral sex is going to kill your baby. <laughs> fucking understand these fucking people. Mutual <laughs> masturbation is a great way to go. Uh, it can also help you feel connected to your body and help you feel connected to your partner. Now, as an intimacy coach, are you encouraging people to masturbate with their partners? Pregnancy or not? Absolutely. 100%. And that's one of the things that we kind of take couples through postpartum is an activity so that she can get more comfortable with her body. And we can delve into how to get into sex after baby if later mm-hmm. if you want to. But yeah, mutual masturbation is amazing. It's brilliant, right? Yeah. Spooning. I love Mm. sleepy sex. I call this sleepy sex, but a lot of people call it spooning. But this is where the woman is laying on her side and the man is laying on his side and entering from behind, not necessarily entering anally, but entering entering from behind. And this alleviates a lot of pressure on on mom because the belly can be supported by both mom and dad while sex is happening. It's also a very intimate, close position um, and clitoral stimulation can happen and also entering from that angle does alleviate some of that clitoral pressure, or excuse me, um, cervical pressure as well. And lastly, anal sex. 
they are suggesting anal sex during pregnancy. Um, if it's something that you've already been engaging in, something that you already know how to do and are comfortable with, mm -hmm. making sure that you are engaging in floor play ahead of time and using so much lube, like all of it, like all of the lube, like there's a, all of them. Could you recommend a lube? I can recommend two lubes. One, Fiora, which is a CBD-based lube. Uh, you may not want to use that one while you're pregnant, but during anal sex, that's an amazing one. They actually have CBD suppositories that you can stick in the anal cavity um, to help alleviate pain and help open up the anal cavity um, to reduce pain during anal sex. And they also have a CBD lubrication uh, that warms and uh, increases blood flow. Mm. And then Pulse Lubrication has a very um, uh, organic, all-natural, water-based lubricant called H2O. <laughs> and they have a lube warmer on their website. Um, you put your lube in this warmer and you put your hand under it like a little hand sanitizer and it comes out preheated, like preheated lube is brilliant for me. Um, but anal sex is something that you want to make sure you're not trying for the first time during pregnancy because there's a lot of changes that are happening to the body. Um, if you have placenta previa, do not have anal sex. They're saying that that is actually dangerous. So anal sex is something you need to practice um, only if it is recommended by a doctor or that you are already well versed in. Comments? Yeah, yeah. Don't try it for the first time when you're pregnant. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and use lube. And so lube. much lube. Yeah. So much lube. Oh, yeah. All right. So I have a question for you. I would like to know what an erotic blueprint mm. is. Oh, my gosh. I love this so much. Yeah. So it's like the five love languages <gasps> or the bedroom. What? Yeah. I just got chill. So uh, I'm like a five love language, like. Uh, she never shuts up about it. I love it so much. <laughs> That's how much she is. Yeah, she it's so it. important. I teach entire classes. I like, <gasps> please. Okay, I'm going to shut up. Tell yeah. me, tell me, tell me. So it's, yeah, the five love languages for the bedroom. And so I hear a lot from, especially women, they're like, I'm just not into sex. I, I've lost my desire. I just, I'm not, you know, I know I need to for him. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. It's a mismatch in communication styles. And so there's five of them. And so um, go check out Sex Love Goop on Netflix. Um, this is where I first learned about it. Jaya is the practitioner that created this. Sex Love Goop. Are we talking about Goop Gwyneth Paltrow? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And she, this, this person is called Gaia. Is she Jaya. a sex, Jaya? Jaya? Is she a sex relationship yes. coach? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's a whole series of a bunch of different things. It's, you're going to love it. Yeah. How have yeah. I not fucking heard of this? Like, I'm really <laughs> upset with myself right now. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Continue. So, so there's five different types. There's an energetic, there's a sensual, kinky, sexual, and shapeshifter, which is going to be all four of them. And typically, a lot of men are sexual. Is there sexual. a quiz? There is. <laughs> yes. So there's a free quiz where you can find out what your primary is. And then if you pay, I think it's like $17, you get the whole breakdown of each percentage for, for each one. So it's really great to do that paid one for you and your partner because then you get to see where you overlap. So if, you know, she's an energetic, he's a sexual, 
And he's coming out and saying like, hey, baby, you ready? And she's like, no, I'm not because the energy has to be right for her to be engaged and to feel turned on and to respond. And so this invites so many opportunities for play and experimenting with different things. So it's like speaking the sexual language to your partner. So if one partner is all about the sexual and is like, I just want to bang you. And the other partner's like, I need some fucking candles and some berry white. Yes. Like I can't, I can't bang till I have those two things. If you don't know this going into it, you're speaking gibberish to each other. And then one of you is just either giving in to the other partner's language and saying, just do whatever you want. I'm not into it. Yeah. Or no sex happens at all and everyone has to shut up and that's not fun for anybody. Right. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was I'm going to do an entire changer. episode on this. Oh, please do. It's I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. What are some, uh, you have some games that mm-hmm. you introduce to uh, individuals postpartum mm-hmm. um, that they can play with their partner. Um, the three-minute touch game. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this one's great because it invites connection into the relationship and takes sex off the table. So this is all non-sexual touch. So (laughs) when a woman goes to the six-week postpartum checkup, I I joke that that's the only date that a guy actually remembers is that... (laughs) This week, they're like so, coming back. That's when they set the mood, right? That they have got everything right. set. And that's like, when hey. they got the bath with the with the rose petals. Uh-huh. So the six week postpartum checkup for those who don't know is the checkup where the doctor can say either, "Hey, you're good to go. You can engage in exercise, right?" Or you can resume all normal activity. activities, right? Yeah, resume Ex- all normal activities. That's what I was. Told. So at the yeah. six-week checkup, they are going to look at the cervix. Cheese and wine, baby. Cheese and wine. Cheese and wine. Sushi. Let's fucking go. You can introduce sex. You can introduce exercise. They're going to check if you had um, an episiotomy, which is where they had to cut the per- uh, perineum. Metal band. Episiotomy. Episiotomy. These are all great metal bands. <laughs> First single, perineum. Uh, they, they check to make sure your sutures are okay. If you had a C-section, mm-hmm. um, they're checking to make sure that there's no uh, additional bleeding, that the your period has resumed to its normal state, um, uh, that you are feeling healthy and feeling well, that your hormone levels are returning to a normal level, all of the good things that are supposed to be happening postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, this is the date where men are like, can we fuck or what? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So with my son, I had a second degree labial tear. And yeah. And (laughs) yeah. Labial tear. Third single by a (laughs) (laughs) pediatomy. And I went to my my six week appointment. And I'm sorry. What the fuck is a labial tear? Literally your labia tore? Literally. Yeah. So I had like, I think it was like two or three stitches. And she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it would have taken longer for her to numb me than it would okay. have to, to stitch me. So she just literally stitched okay. me while I'm holding my, my baby, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty metal. My labia hurts. <laughs> right. It's just like. So does mine. in on itself. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it is. It's like, like shriveling <laughs> up. They're. Both labia are holding each other, yeah, cradling each okay. other right now. It's okay. You're okay. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. Uh, so how long did it take that labial tear to repair itself? So it was healed at my six-week appointment. 
No, was it? Right. Yeah. I was like, no. So there's no talk about how to help with the scar tissue, how to help with the pain, like all of this stuff. So literally it took like eight weeks. So two weeks after that, we tried to have sex. I was like, this hurts. Get away from me. We tried like, (laughs) it was like not much to it. Like not much to it (laughs) at all. No, this hurts. Go the fuck away. Yeah. Like, and so we're like, okay, we tried again two weeks later and it was about four months postpartum when I was like, okay, like let's go ahead. And like, I made another appointment. That's when she was like, have you tried relaxing, have some wine and use more lube. And I was like, this is what I do for, like, I teach women about this. Like what is happening? And so that's where my exploration. It was a female OBGYN that said that to you? My midwife. Yeah. Your midwife? Midwife. I know. So it's, this is, and there's no talk of pelvic floor therapy or anything like Kegels. that. Yeah. Like, and Kegels can be not the issue, the, like the solution also, because right. a lot of women are sure. too tight. Kegels so. is a pop band. They're Kegels not metal. Kegels is a pop punk band, punk yeah. band not a metal not band. Not even a punk. They're just like bubblegum <laughs> pop. Kegels. Here comes Kegels. <laughs> Squeeze the floor, squeeze some more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, yeah. we are ridiculous on this podcast. I'm so no, sorry. No, I love it. Baseball this metaphors like... and metal band names. Fantastic. <laughs> and you're right. Some women are too tight mm-hmm. after giving birth. And so Kegels aren't the right answer. Well, just I in actually general, went, yeah. Stress. Yes. I went to a gynecologist one time and they stuck the speculum in mm. and it spit back out. And she goes, wow, you have the vagina of a 12-year-old. And I was like, thank you. She's like, do you do Kegels? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you may want to tone it down. I was like, okay. Okay. What? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So all of that to say that connecting after having a baby can be very um, scary, intimidating. Um, I recommend women getting in touch with their body first before introducing your partner so that's smart self-pleasure but not necessarily to pleasure just to get familiar because birth is traumatic even if you didn't have any labial tears or episiotomies or anything it's Mm -hmm. traumatic to that and so your body only remembers the pain you need to reintroduce pleasure into those nerve endings so the three minute touch game helps to bring the connection back to the partner to the relationship taking all non-sexual touch and so it's, it's where you sit down, you relax, you put on some meditation music, and it's also a great way for women to really tap into their body and ask for what they want, what they truly want, what would feel good to them. So they will sit there and their partner asks them, how do you want me to touch you? Wow. So simple, but it is so powerful. So she sits there and says, hmm, I would really like it if you just played with my hair. Oh, yeah. And so he can ask some clarifying questions. And I say he just because. Sure. um, They ask clarifying questions. You know, do you want me to use my fingers? Do you want me to use a brush? Do you want me to braid it? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to wash it? Right. And so they ask these clarifying questions and they say, okay, great. They play music for three minutes and that's the touch that he does or they do for no. her. And then they reciprocate. So then she says, how do you want me to touch you? You can be like, I would really like it if you rub my shoulders. You, How much pressure do you want to this and that? And then you flip-flop. And then, and then 
the other partner gets to do the touch that they want to do to their partner. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So I want to touch yeah. your, I want to scratch your back. Yeah. Or I want to play with your beard. Yeah, play with your beard. I was just going to say that my husband has a beard. Yeah, same. Like, Did you just yeah, you just like want to, yeah. <laughs> That's where you ladies go? I'm like, boobs. Oh. I touch your boobs. <laughs> non-sexual. Non-sexual. It's non-sexual. Wow. Yeah. non-sexual and so it's just a Damn, beautiful way and then you know when you're feeling connected it could be like hey is this a possibility after mm. you know also probably not for your first time <laughs> 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 so just take it off the table and it's just a beautiful way to get in touch with your body ask for what you want it's great for communication oh. that's amazing that is really beautiful. I love that. Um, we're going to take uh, a really, really quick break. When we come back, I want us to talk about how to navigate sexual intimacy with young children in the house. Mm. And I would also really love to talk about how a woman can begin to feel sexy postpartum, whether she's with a partner or by herself, how a woman can really come back to her body, um, begin to love her postpartum body, because your body will be forever changed mm. when you have a baby. It will never be that body that you had in college or nine months ago. It doesn't matter how old you are. So I really want to get into a woman loving her postpartum body um, and how to have sex with kids in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's really hard for a lot of people. Uh, so join us. We'll be right back. Ever waddle to the bathroom after sex? Towel between your legs? Desperately trying to keep the freshly delivered load from dripping down your leg and onto your hardwood? Well, worry no more. Awkward Essentials introduces the drip stick, or as I like to call it, the cum sponge. This medical grade sponge sucks up jizz before it sneaks onto your sheets. Visit awkwardessentials.com today and use my code WYP for a 10% discount. They offer numerous products for all types of fun fluids. Keep your shorts semen-free and use my code today. That's WYP and save 10%. Awkward Essentials, making bodily fluids less awkward. What's Your Position podcast wants to hear from you. Call 513-6969-SEX anytime and leave us a message. Maybe you have a question about anal, you have a fact about fisting, or you just want to say, hello, fellow human. 513-6969-SEX. Call us. We will play your message in an upcoming episode. That's 513-6969-739. And remember, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.
Welcome back, fellow humans. We're here with Brianna. We're going to talk about feeling sexy postpartum and how to have sex when there are children in the house. (laughs) I feel like that is a big issue, especially for people who do what's called family bed. Mm. Because now you got to have a whole new place in the house to have sex. Uh, And then we're going to do our 69 game. So talk to me about how you encourage women to embrace their bodies Mm. postpartum. You know, this body that has now created a life, this body that has now held a human Mm. in it and grown a human like a plant, like a, it's crazy. I've never had a baby. So I only have like my brain. I'm like, can you feel it growing? Like, do you know that it's like getting bigger? Like, are you aware of the blood and like the, like everything that's going on inside of you? And then once that is, evicted (laughs) from your womb is there like any sort of so I guess it I guess I want to break it into two because mentally Mm. I would think and I have heard that women sometimes feel useless Mm. after pregnancy their body was this vessel to create life Mm. and now that life is out of them Mm. and what are they good for and how do they reconcile that feeling mentally as well as all these new pieces to their body, the stretch marks, um, the labial tears, the scars and the scar tissues from any sort of suture Mm. or surgery that had to take place. Um, Some women may have had nerve damage. Uh, How do you encourage both the mental and the physical reclamation of body and mind postpartum. Mm, I love that you're talking about this. Uh, It's so important and it makes me so sad when you're saying that women feel useless after they have a baby because there's still so much to be done and and supporting their baby. Like you are their everything. Like just because they're not in, and I feel maybe, um, when it's inside, you know it's protected all of the time. And I think maybe what's un- what's happening is unlocking some fears, right? Now mm-hmm. this baby's on the outside of you, and how, how am I going to make sure it's protected all of the time? So I wonder if that might be part of it. But, oh, my gosh, there's just so much. When you have a baby, sorry, right, I'm going to get into my feels a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. We like it when people get in their feels. Get in there. (laughs) I just know that there's a lot of women who experience postpartum anxiety. And that could be because they're worried about keeping their babies safe. Mm -hmm. And then there's also women who experience postpartum depression. Actually, 90% of women experience baby blues, right? Because all of these hormones have exited your body. Mm -hmm. And so you have to get used to that. Um, the increase of your own hormones coming back, uh, the, the loss of the hormones that have been fooling you up this entire nine months. But then for some women, they say about 45% will experience this longitudinal postpartum depression. And some of that comes with this feeling of, I carried a child, now what? Now you get to have fun and nurture it. And <laughs> now the this. good part. Yeah, you get to, and I can see, so uh, the part that I'm going to is, when you have a baby, now it's on the outside of you. A lot of women, and I know I certainly did, you experience this thing called being touched out. Where uh-huh. you, you know, especially if you're breastfeeding, and even if not, like you. My sister are, had that. Yeah. And nip, I, she had nipple aversion. Mm, yeah. 
It's it's like metal band. <laughs> Yes. I love the comedic relief. I love it. I can't hold it. No. (laughs) No. And I I experienced that with my husband. It was a a thing where I physically could not stand to be touched by Mm. him because I was caring for our son every waking moment. And, and so part of that reclamation is figuring out how to feel good in your body. And that's not just like accepting the changes to the body, it's literally how can, what can feel good to me in this moment? What touch mm-hmm. feels good to me? What do I need? And listening to that. And then when you get into the accepting of body, looking at yourself in the mirror as much as possible. Wow. Loving your body, acknowledging like the different parts of you. Like if you're missing the baby, just be like, wow, this belly grew and held my baby that is now here. It gave me a baby, you know, acknowledging, loving on yourself as much as possible. Um, enjoying if you, you know, your breast grew like great. Enjoy those. If you didn't have them before, like grab some shirts and show them off. Like, okay. (laughs) You know, acknowledge that. And, um, so yeah, just, oh my gosh. And another thing that I highly recommend to women, pregnancy, postpartum, like having, uh, maternity or postpartum photo shoot. Seeing That's the brilliant. changes of your body, you had your baby and now you're holding your baby, doing some of those, you know, beautifully done naked pictures together, naked baby, mm-hmm. naked mom, breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I didn't do that. I wish I would have. You get That's to a brilliant be idea. this reminder of how beautiful this experience is. And it's not over. It's, it's continuing. And so that's like of the accepting of the body, reclaiming yourself. And then I can also get into like how to start feeling more sexy too, if you want. Yes, please. Yeah. So continuing on with that, it's getting dressed up for yourself, not just for date night. Mm. Getting dressed up for yourself. Put on, you know, a sexy outfit, your favorite perfume, do your hair and makeup and look at yourself and be like... Damn, sis, I still got it. Damn, you know, girl, like, look at me. Yeah. And even <laughs> if you are just go for a walk or whatever you need, go walk around Target. Like, show yourself off. Like, it's okay. Put on some heels, some fishnets, some makeup, and go walk your ass around Target. Yeah. Yeah. And then the I other part that. of that is putting lingerie on. Mm-hmm. So putting lingerie, and there was a study, and I wish I, I, I didn't know I was having like this, this statistic queen here. Uh, I wish I had a a number to share with you. Um, I'm ridiculous. I love it though. But (laughs) there was a a study done where women wore lingerie every day for a whole week. And the boost in confidence that they got from wearing the lingerie for themselves. And I think that's a big misconception is about lingerie Mm -hmm. is it's for your partner. Why would I even wear it? It's just going to end up on the floor anyways. I'm like, no, wear that. Like wear it, (laughs) enjoy it. Um, the whole time, uh, there's snap crotches, there's dresses, like there's your fine, like (laughs) there's crotchless lingerie (laughs) for a fucking reason (laughs) where it stays on. Yeah. But not even to have sex, but just to feel good in your body, feeling the material against your skin, going to sleep in that, like by the end of the week, you're going to notice like you're strutting a little taller. You're feeling really good about yourself. And so I always recommend 
lingerie to everybody. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant, actually. I think that that is so strong and so powerful mm-hmm. for even women who aren't pregnant. Yes. Like wearing lingerie just to feel sexy. I have a mild baby shopping addiction to lingerie. <laughs> just a, I might have two full drawers of lingerie because I can't stop mm-hmm. buying it because it's so hot. And I'm like, this... It looks great on her. I'm going to wear And I sleep in it. I'm, mm-hmm. I just put it on and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm hot. Right. <laughs> you look great. at it. You feel it. Like, it's a yeah. great way to wake up in the morning. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I, I have the, the male version of that? <clears throat> yeah. What's the male version of Guys, that? Guys, go get a suit. Getting oh. a suit. Ooh. You know, tailored to you. And you. Oh, it's the best. Not buying a Sears Three one. Three piece, like with vest. Whatever you're feeling. Whatever you're comfortable You know what with. I like? I like that that three-quarter vest not the mm-hmm. not the full lapel but like the half lapel yeah. vest you know what i'm talking like about the peaky yeah. blinders the peaky kind of blinders look. kind yeah but wear a tie mm. i hate the peaky blinders don't wear a tie no yeah i like the tie, wear a tie. i do enjoy a and tie. do a good cool knot and if you're a fan of you of yellowstone Shoes. wear a bolo tie Ooh, you know what i mean that's great good cowboy hat too Ooh, whole thing. some boots mm. yeah that's how guys treat themselves i like that there you go. i like that a lot um how do you encourage couples to get intimate and sexual with children in the house? Yeah, that just, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, every dynamic is going to be different because like you mentioned before that um, bed sharing, co-sleeping is a thing. And so when the baby's old enough, um, you know, about three or four months with co-sleeping, you can start them in their crib and then they come into bed at night. But that's when, and you have to like make it a point. So we also do this thing where we talk about, uh, we call it a relationship board meeting. It's an each week where you actually plan out how you're going to yeah. like, spend time together. It's so important. Yeah. So, okay, we're putting the baby to bed. They're going in the crib tonight. That's our time to do this. And it doesn't sound sexy, but you can also prepare for it too, you know? And so... Um, if you know that Friday night is the night you're going to fuck, especially dudes, you can start sending your partner photos Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You can start Mm -hmm. trying on lingerie and sending a photo of the lingerie. You can start telling each other in passing in the kitchen. I can't wait to lick your pussy on Friday. I can't wait to put your dick in my mouth on Friday. Building that Mm -hmm. anticipation up, making it this game of we're doing this. I can't wait that we're, it doesn't have to feel planned and boring. Right. It can be anticipatory, even though it's on a calendar. Yeah. And I think kind of like going to Disneyland when I know I'm going to Disneyland, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to get a fucking pickle <laughs> and I'm going to ride rise against the resistance. But, oh my God. I can't wait to see Mickey. <laughs> like, but also, like the spontaneous, hey, we're going to Disneyland right now, Ashley. Why? The spontaneous yeah. Disney is fucking amazing. So you so throw like, that in there every once in a while. If the kid takes a nap and your mm-hmm. husband happens to come home early from work, go, 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 and you're go. like, want to fuck? It's like, yes, I want to fuck right now. Like the spontaneous yeah. intimacy is important just as much. Very much. And you'll get more of the spontaneous when you have the scheduled. Because the more your body. Really? Yeah. Because the more you're having that connection time together, the more your body has orgasms, the more it wants orgasms, right? So if you're planning it, then you're just preparing yourself to have more of that spontaneous. Because I find a lot of people say they're like, it should be like in the movies where I get, you know, like 
no, that's not actually going to happen. And it's that never really not going to happen when you have kids. So it doesn't happen when you have them. It doesn't happen when you don't. Yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah. You get more of the spontaneous when you have it scheduled. And so, yeah, that's I brilliant. love that. Yeah. And, and make sure you have a good lock you- on your door. <laughs> pretty much it what, what about Barry White cranked up yeah right so when also when you have kids who are old enough uh, to enter a bedroom um, how do you prepare your children um, or if they walk in on you do you have any suggestions for parents if they happen to walk in while mommy and daddy mommy and mommy daddy and daddy are having a good time yeah um, I'm cringing a little because we literally, we had this happen with our, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to share the story because I feel like this podcast is like here for it. Um, <laughs> we are, we are welcoming. <laughs> so we were in our room, our, you know, our daughter's, well, she, this was before she was three. So she's about two and a half this, this spring. Uh, we're in our room doing her thing. We do shut the door. It takes her a little bit to open it. So we're like, okay. She comes in. She crawls into our bed. We're just kind of laying there. She goes to sleep. So we're like, well, there's an open bed. So <laughs> so we might have gone to our daughter's room <laughs> to finish. And then. Oh, yes, you did. But we didn't because we look over and the door just kind of flies open and our six-year-old is standing in there and he's like rubbing his eyes and he's like why are you guys in sissy's room and we're like you know I'm on top and we're just both frozen like deer in a headlight and we're like what do we do (laughs) so I don't know if I really have anything we think it kind of scarred him for a couple of days he wasn't really sure what happened I'm a big advocate of talking to your kids if something had come up and he had talked about it like what were you guys doing in there and like oh well you know, Sissy came into our room and we were doing a massage. I don't know, honestly, Cuddling. in the moment what would have happened. But yeah, but just short Mommy and daddy were answers. having a moment. Yeah, short answers are great when you're talking to kids. Usually that suffices. They're not going to need long, drawn out, detailed explanations. So, But answering your kid, yes. right? So if your kid says, what were you doing? Mm-hmm. You can say, well, mommy and daddy were grown-up wrestling. Yeah. Mommy and daddy were doing grown-up cuddles. Yeah. Or mommy and daddy were loving one another. And end that end that statement. But never saying, that's none of your business. Or right. don't worry about it. Or we're not going to talk about that. Because the moment you shame it and shut it down, mm-hmm. that's what scars the child. It's not the explanation. Because usually when your kid asks you a question... They're asking, what were mommy and daddy doing is the same question as, why is the sky blue? Mm -hmm. They don't comprehend that question. Like, they're not asking because they want to know about sex. It's not sexualizing your child when they walk in on you. You're saying, sometimes mommies and daddies want to cuddle by themselves. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Super simple. Easy. You don't need to over-explain but never under-explain and never shut it down. Yeah, never that's ignore that's where it. the shame, mm-hmm. oh God, the shame and the stigma and the pain and the scarring. And then they know something wrong was happening. Yeah, something they were not supposed to know or see mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, this has been one of my favorite conversations. Can, can I have one question? I, is, you can have as many questions as you fucking want. I'm the one dude here. And um, I necessarily don't want to have kids. Um, but I'm not sure, you know, I don't like kids, but you know, <laughs> if I meet the right woman and, and you know, you're by, you know, something happens in a yeah. brain, mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Yeah, absolutely. 
let's say I'm, I'm married to a woman and she's pregnant. I'm not really into that whole thing. It's come across on like Pornhub. I'm like, skip, skip. I don't want to see that. As someone that probably is going into it, like, I don't want to have pregnant sex. How would you convince a guy? Because obviously she, she she wants it. Like, there's yeah, obviously a time in this horny. pregnancy where she's horny. How do you convince a guy to get into it? And does that make sense? Yes. I don't know. I don't think I mean, you've talked a lot about it, but like, yeah, I don't know. As a dude that's kind of turned off by even like the <laughs> no offense. I think you're beautiful, but like sexually, like. Yeah. And I think you might be surprised when it's your person. Yeah. When it's your person and you have, have that yet. connection, yeah. it's going to be different. Okay. And also, you shouldn't have to convince anybody ever to have, you know, yeah. shouldn't be about a convincing, but it's a connecting. And it's okay if like even if the person loves them and is totally into them and still not into it, yeah. you can still do like mutual play. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's still options. Yeah. Right? You don't have to do penetration. Exactly. There's other options. And if, and like she said, you should never have to convince your partner. So if you're pregnant and you're not horny and your partner is, mm-hmm. there should never be a convincing to have sex with that partner. So if you're pregnant and you're horny and your partner's like, I just can't have sex with a pregnant person, it shouldn't be on the other side. They sh- no one should have to convince it's also, you. I also like, this is my, you know, future self saying no offense to you. It's just my, like, I think you're beautiful pregnant wise, but it's right. just something but it's, but you I might can't control. Change what she's saying. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate what she's yeah. saying. It's, you may not be attracted to pregnant women, but you might be attracted to your woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's as, good to hear. And as long as you know that, and then you're open and you just communicate with, how can you connect and, and, you know, like you said, do mutual masturbation, use toys on, on her or, you know, different things, encourage different her kind of to play. have self-pleasure. Yeah, America. massage. Amazon is a click away, guys. Yeah, yeah. massage, okay. yeah. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. And just remember your pleasure is your own responsibility. Like, yeah, you know, like that. so. That's a, I'm going to put that on a fucking t-shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get to my stat of the day. So the stat of the day was, according to a recent study in Science Direct, uh, how much, what percentage of women said their libido increased to levels never seen before by them? Our guest said 57, and I will let you know our guest is the closest. Uh, Our producer said the obligatory 69, and the answer is 38 38% 38% of women surveyed wow, said low. their libido was the highest it has ever been in their life during pregnancy. This is America or worldwide? America. That's surprising. I'm shocked. I, I think it sounds absolutely accurate. Honestly, because of how many women are told that they are not sexual and how many women have a hard time being sexual, Mm. the Puritan and religious cultures that we live in that tell women like you can only be sexual if you are with a partner um, or procreating yeah, or procreating or that don't even know they're feeling sexual or that their libido is high because they don't have a partner. Mm. It makes total sense to me that when they're pregnant, all of a sudden they're like, fuck I'm horny like I've never been this horny in my life that makes absolute sense to me and I actually thought it would be higher yeah I really th- I thought so too I was like it's not gonna be yeah. super but I feel like yeah. I have more kind of crazy right now. yeah yeah <laughs> you do <laughs> 
<laughs> Get out there and do your work. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to play the 69 game with our guest. I'm so excited when people say yes to this. This is literally one of my favorite things ever. Uh, so we're going to play a game here on What's Your Position where I am going to ask you 16, oh wait, I'm not going to ask you 69 questions, but I'm going to ask you as many questions as I can in 69 seconds. This is like a lightning round mm -hmm. in like a, a game show. If you ever watched like Double Dare as a kid, um, I like to liken it to the lightning round of that. By the way, did you know that you look like Winona Ryder? I did not, but thank you so much. You totally do. <laughs> yes, yet. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to get started here. With our 69 game in just a moment, we are waiting for the uh, game show host to get his uh, music pulled up. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to let you know that we have a sponsor called Awkward Essentials. If you are engaging in sexual activity um, and you need something to help clean up that cum mess that happens to drip down the side of your leg when you stand up, Awkward Essentials has you covered with their cum sponge, a.k.a. the drip stick. You can get them on awkwardessentials.com. Use my code WIP for 15 percent off of your first 10 pack have you heard of awkward essentials yes have them, have them. i love them so much <laughs> they're amazing <laughs> i know they're so good all right so here we go we've got the 69 game all ready to go brianna i am going to ask you as many questions as i can in 69 seconds you are allowed to pass but you will not get credit for any past answers answers will only get you points brianna are you ready to 69? I am so ready. <laughs> Android or iPhone? Uh, iPhone. What Hogwarts house are you in? Gryffindor. Biggest celebrity crush? Oh, Ruby Rose. <laughs> Call or text? A text. Can you drive stick shift? Yes. Person you text the most? My husband. What drink do you order at a bar? Uh, margarita. Do you like oral sex? Yes. Hugs or handshakes? Hugs. Do you nap? No. What's your sign? Scorpio. Do you believe in it? Yes. Favorite sex position? Ooh. Girl on top. Soft, on, soft or hard? Soft or hard? <laughs> hard. <laughs> Sweet or savory? <laughs> Sweet. What's your favorite song? Uh, right now, Anti-Hero by Taylor Swift. Horror or comedy? Comedy. Do you smoke weed? No. Favorite snack? Anything chocolate. Do you have a TV in your bedroom? Yes. Dogs or cats? Dog. Can you play a musical instrument? Yes. Would you rather be attacked by 50 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Ooh, one horse-sized duck. Ever play spin the bottle? Yes. Do you believe in love at first sight? No. What was your first job? Uh, I worked at a fast food. Windows up or down? Up. Finish this line. yippee ki -yay. Motherfucker. Favorite season? Summer. Lake or ocean? Lake. Friends that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And that's been the 69 game. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new leader in the online video top boards of 69 oh game. Oh my God, what hey. is it? I don't have a drum roll. 30. Whoa. Which is pretty good even for online. Okay, so we have in-person 69 game and then online 69 game because I know there's a little bit of a delay. Yeah. So you have now crushed the competition of the online 69 oh, you know what? game. Love I think it. I might have gave her more time. Shh. Shh. There's no Shh. officials. I think I, gave I don't think there's time. a ref. Yeah. It's okay. Don't look at the timer. It's fine. I got it wrong. Thanks for indulging me. That was so <laughs> was fun. So Thank really you fun. so much. <laughs> 
So uh, let's just talk really quick about your favorite charity. Uh, so it is something local. Um, I am in Kansas City, Missouri, and it is a place called Mother's Refuge. And it is um, to help young un- unwed mothers that um, don't have families that are pregnant. And so, and help them like get through pregnancy, mm-hmm. the the whole process the of whole like, process. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so doctor's them, appointments. Yeah. Take some pregnancy the, clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a whole like, store there, and then up to um, a year, like to the baby's first birthday, even, which is amazing. Wow. And so, yeah, they, they take them to school, help them get their GEDs, help them, you know, resumes, jobs, like all of the things to support themselves and be. That ready. is incredible. What is it called? One more time. Mother's Refuge. Mother's Refuge. Mm-hmm. So check them out if you are interested in helping out a charity. Would you like to plug anything? Plug yourself, plug your Instagram, uh, plug your podcast. Yeah. So I also have a podcast. If uh, you're interested in checking out more relationship intimacy kind of stuff, it is called Intimacy Evolution. It is my husband and I. We also have some guests on there, which is a lot of fun. Um, I'm on Instagram, just Brianna Carey, B-R-I-A-N-N-A-C-A-R-E-Y. Um, and I have a link for some of those free resources on the three minute touch game, our relationship board meeting and some different things. So that's amazing. I have just absolutely enjoyed having you on. I can't wait for you to come back, um, and talk to us about relationship and intimacy with or without babies. Um, and I, I'm just so grateful that you took the time. I know that you have some sick babies in your house right now. So I'm just very grateful for you and very grateful for this time that you gave to us and all your amazing tips and ideas. And I just really appreciate this conversation. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. It was an absolute blast. I loved our conversation today. So thank Thank you for having me. Want to remind everybody to check us out on What's Your Position podcast on Instagram. Make sure that you check out our sponsors, mylaurels.com. Use my code What's Your Position podcast for 15% off. Awkward Essentials. Use my code WYP for 15% off. And Pulse Lube. My code WYP for 10% off. We love you so much, listeners. We're so grateful for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to always stay safe. Stay kind and stay sexy. That they left when they subtracted six million. So why am I repulsed by change? A holy book has been drained. What's Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. Push.